what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to talk about pity parties today. (laughs) Maybe not the most fun topic, but it is imperative to identify any time you are starting a pity party because pity parties are parties of one and nobody likes to go to those. And we're going to talk specifically about how this connects to the desires of our heart. A lot of times pity parties can look like frustration. It can look like overwhelm. It can look like straight up procrastination. And it can even be a complete unwillingness to dream with God because of repetitive patterns of pain that were not healed or were not processed with God, okay? Among many others, but that's just some examples of what pity parties can look like. Well, this can't happen. Often what happens is that we get into a victim spirit. This can't happen because, or this is never going to work because, or I don't see anything changing. It still looks like this. We just get into this sinkhole, basically, of self-doubt, unbelief, fear, anxiety, frustration, and we just can stay there. And then often we also find people that can empathize with that. (laughs) But those people also then give us permission to stay there. And in the work I do, that is not what I do. I am of no benefit to you if I allow you to stay in a sinkhole, right? I'm going to hold that up for you and ask you, point blank, how is that working out for you? Do you want to change your life? Do you want me to help you change your life? Let's do this, right? So I want to jump in by talking about really how we can stop having pity parties, but first identify where you have them in your life. Because typically when we're having a pity party, it's because we have fear in that area. It's not good, bad, right, or wrong, but identify where it is so that you don't participate in that kind of party. You want a joy party. (laughs) You want a celebration. You want to celebrate testimonies of how God is moving in your life. You want forward movement. You want progress. Progress is happiness, right? So we're going to talk specifically about how you can start moving into that today and stop having these parties of one, all right? Invite some people to a different kind of party. So first and foremost, the scripture that I'm going to reference here is Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. It says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Woof! Okay, so 
I wanted to highlight this because the other scripture that I think is key, let me mix these together. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I just need to find the address so you can go reference it yourself. Okay, it's Hosea 4, verse 6, all right? And it says this, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. Woof! <laughs> Another way this is said, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, those are the key points here. Another way to say it, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law where I reveal my will. Okay, so bringing these two together, often we suffer unnecessarily because we're not pursuing the kingdom. We're not seeking the kingdom first and allowing things to be added unto us. We're trying to seek all the things and then getting really twisted up and frustrated and overwhelmed, right? So we're suffering though because we don't have knowledge. We don't have understanding. And this can be many levels that, that we lack knowledge in. It could be the knowledge of self. It could be the knowledge of God's word. It could be the knowledge of who God is. It could be really wisdom and understanding in our craft or what we're called to. It could be in business or entrepreneurship. It could be in finances. It could be in building community. There could be so many areas where we suffer for lack of knowledge, right? But the good news is, is that when we receive fresh revelation from God, when we study his word, when we gain wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discernment, when we grow in those things, our whole lives can change, okay? So one of the things that I want to aim to redeem or, or offer a different perspective on today so that we can stop having pity parties is our desires, okay? A lot of times our desires are areas that bring up a lot of this deep inner work because we we long for them so much. We desire to create them. We want it to be fulfilled. We want it to come to pass, but we have a lot of fear around that as well. And desire is a powerful component that shapes the destiny and significance of life in many ways. Really and truly, desire in and of itself is not good or bad. It can lead to devastation and the breakdown of all that is good in the world, or it can lead to significance, breakthrough, and countless solutions for the human condition. I'm for the latter. <laughs> and really, desires can be as simple as what we want for lunch or as complex as a dream of establishing a space station, right? They, they can cover that whole gamut, okay? And on the other end of the spectrum, it is the burst the birthplace of the most destructive influences in the earth with the most horrible social sins as its fruit, okay? It's the driving force behind all human achievements, both good and bad, all right? So what we want to aim for is looking at the condition of our heart and what is behind the desires. The condition of our hearts is what determines the impact of that desire on our lives. So our having desires that testify of who God is and how we are designed is the target of the Lord, okay? When he created us with a free will, he did so to illustrate that it is possible to have those made in the image of God who worship him by choice, by choice. 
our desires then either reveal God or undermine the message of his love and the vision for humanity. But desire is here to stay, right? It's here to stay. And we must use this force to God's advantage, okay? So many believers are unwilling to let desires form in their hearts because they're afraid of getting it wrong or of failing, right? They can really recite well (laughs) the passages of self-denial, right? And they continue to explain that the absence of a dream is the product of bearing their cross, quote unquote. Unfortunately, though, for all of us, they have a personal cross without a personal resurrection, Okay, because really what's happening here is the enemy fears what would happen if we discovered the power of sanctified desires, desires that are in God's hands, right? His goal is to keep us blind to the unexplainable invitation by Jesus to dream. Wow, right? And and literally in John 14 to 16, Jesus invites his disciples to ask for whatever they want. Right? So he wasn't asking them to really develop this selfish bent, right? And then call it spiritual, nor was he asking them to to repeat programmed prayers to him. He was inviting them into the ultimate relational journey with fulfilled desires as the fruit of the relationship. So I just want to invite you to think about this today. The fruit of our walk with God is answered prayer that reveals him to the nations. That is significant on a rarely thought of level, okay? (laughs) The tree of life is what he calls it, and it's what we're born for. And it's found in our beginning in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. It's also found in Proverbs which is the book that trains us to reign in life and also in Revelation. So the tree of life is in our past, our present, and our future. And my favorite use of it is found in Proverbs. It says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. A lot of times, like I just mentioned, we can get into a pity party because we stay in this cycle of hope deferred. And we allow our hope to waver and and sometimes to even blow out if it were a candle we would just allow it to be blown out right but the tree of life in a very real sense connects us to our eternal purpose so after the sin of adam and eve eating the forbidden fruit an angel protected them from eating from the tree of life it is commonly thought that eating from that tree would make their sinful condition eternal without a solution so the angel protected them from making sinfulness their eternal condition. And yet, wisdom opens up the subject for us in a new way, letting us see that God's intent is our having fulfilled desires. That is a revelation moment. God's intent is for us to have fulfilled desires. And that fulfillment is like eating from the tree of life. Okay, so our eternal purpose is found in the partnership we are to have with God, where our desires move him into action on our behalf. The picture is of a tree that bears fruit from which we feed ourselves, and that fruit is fulfilled desires. And it's an interesting principle 
in John 15, 7 to 8, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And then in John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you. Okay. Our fruitfulness must be seen in the character of Christ established in our own lives. But there are many, many, many nice people who accomplish little for eternity in Jesus name. So our fruitfulness in life must also be measured by our answers to prayer. We have to look at it in this way. Prayer is not where we try to convince God of anything. We must love his will and be unimpressed with ours. This is a privileged position where his heart and his will become our own and our partnership is revealed through prayer. Okay, so this is like a huge, huge key, right? An example of this could be a metaphor. If I own a house but decide to rent it out to another family, it's still entirely mine. Yet, although I own the home, I cannot enter it whenever I want to. Even if I have my own master key to the front door, it's illegal for me to enter, right? I have to be invited to go into my own home. It's the same here on earth for us. The earth is the Lord's, but he planted us here as delegated authority, and he responds to the prayers of his people. So in a sense, we give God an invitation to come and do as he pleases. John Wesley said this, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Oof, I love that. I don't have the right to say what God can and cannot do. He's God, right? He alone has that right. He is the one who invited us into a relationship where what we desire in the earth is what happens in the earth. And sometimes he answers our prayer and acts on our behalf. Other times he would rather do something through us instead of for us, okay? So this fear of getting the issue of desires wrong has paralyzed many and created many pity parties, (laughs) right? It is true that parked cars get no speeding tickets, but the car, as you can probably guess, was never meant or designed to be still. It's designed to move. So it is with our hearts and our minds, right? A sign of being truly alive is having the ability and freedom to dream. Proverbs 6 verses 30 to 31 says this, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet, when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. So this is fascinating because thieves are not despised if they stole to satisfy hunger, the most basic condition of humanity. Stealing is not approved of here, nor are they off the hook for their crime. It's just that people understand the nature of some desires as right, and some desires is even noble, right? Such such is this starving man. He must restore what was taken, but society understands his desire for food. Interesting, right? So while that basic need for food may stand out to most, The freer a person becomes in Christ, the more he or she is able to desire right things with a similar appetite to a starving man. 
right? So this is imperative. Discovering who we are as children of the creator aligns our thinking to being creative. It's what allows us to be creative. In many cases, it's also appropriate to suggest that desire of someone to create or design is similar to the desire for the most basic needs of life, such as food. That's why desires are so powerful. They they're so deep <laughs> and strong in us, right? And there are few things as rewarding in life as when we sense God has taken delight in our desires. The ultimate partnership then takes place as we discover the fullest manifestation of being co-laborers, co-creators with God. Galatians 5.13 really says this perfectly. For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So as you are really growing in relationship with God and and sensing that he's taking delight in your desire and, and really building momentum around that, an ultimate partnership starts taking place where you actually co-create with him. You're being led by him, guided by him, and you're seeing him show up, right? And that whole process is rooted in you increasing your capacity to really love and serve other people, okay? So even our freedoms are to benefit those around us. And so if we don't desire and if we don't express our desire, if we don't walk out and steward the call that is on our life, we are putting a cap on everything that God wants to release through us. To use our freedom only for ourselves is to miss the reason it was given, So powerful. So this verse is saying in Galatians that freedom is given to us by God, but we must be intentional, intentional, keyword, in the way we use this gift. It must be to benefit others or it is misused, okay? So if you think about it this way, I've been somebody that's in the self-discovery, know-thyself, personal development field for a long time, and I believe that that's God's industry, (laughs) right? And and everything. We, we're designed to grow and mature with God, right? So discovering, self-discovery can really be quite boring though, right? Like this idea of you just read another book, go to another conference, for some that can be boring. But discovering God can open our heart and mind to see who he made you to be, okay? And my thought, my philosophy is that anyone who has discovered who God made them to be will never want to be anybody else, right? Like that becomes a really exciting journey. It's beyond self-discovery, okay? We are designed to desire and we are born to create. We're made to pursue and to apprehend and to really ignore these God-given parts of our lives is to deny our design, right? And in a measure too, the nature of our designer imparted to us, okay? So, A practical way to look at this is we can repress our gifts and keep them silent, not speak up, not develop our gifts, not develop our voice, not cultivate our strengths, not share any of the potential that God put inside of us, not work to maximize that, to be able to share in greater ways and serve in greater ways, right? But when we do that, we are repressing a part of ourselves. There's no peace in that. There is no peace in that because you know that that's happening, <laughs> right? You know that that's happening and there's there's a huge pain connected to that just as much as, yes, there is pain and discomfort in learning how to express yourself, but 
the reward of the partnership that you get to have with God and desires fulfilled is totally worth it, okay? So Holy Spirit is known for bringing freedom to a person's life. That's why personal development in some ways, I think, great. Like it's awesome that there's tools and skills that you can use to develop in your life. However, apart from God, we're not capable to change ourselves, right? Holy Spirit is known for bringing freedom to us and guiding and establishing our steps and helping us renew our mind to the truth, right? So religious routine, personal development without relationship brings restriction and confinement, okay? Not fun. (laughs) We want to be able to dream with God, so we absolutely need to be partnering with Holy Spirit to do that, okay? Dun, dun, dun. Hopefully this is like unlocking some brilliance for you. (laughs) All right, so... Let me bring you into this next segment here that I want to talk about. I want to tie this together so you can see how it's making sense. So key here in a relationship with God is to be moldable. That whole scripture about there's the potter, God, and there's us, the clay, and allowing God to mold us and shape us for destiny, for our next assignment, for the day, right? God wants to mold us and shape us in such a way that we can really show up and glorify him in all we think, say, and do, okay? But we suffer for lack of knowledge. A lot of times we're not seeking God. We're longing for more, but he is not what we're seeking. We're not pursuing him. We're not talking to him. We're not cultivating a relationship. We're not reading the word. We're not planted in community. We're not being intentional about what it is that we say we want. We long for more, but we're not being intentional about how to actually act (laughs) and become the more that God wants us to be, right? So think about that, right? Where are you maybe playing small? Where have you stopped believing in your desires and in the promised land that God has for you? Where has that been shut off in your life? What has happened there? Just take a look at that. Where have you stopped being intentional? A lot of times it's a fear of failure that comes up. Okay? But what I want to encourage you to think about is reading the word of God is not an assignment. It's not like just a task that you cross off because the possibilities contained in the promises of scripture are the opportunity to illustrate the heart and nature of God to the nations, okay? That's no small thing. There are keys to destiny to unlock your destiny in the word of God. There are promises that are absolutely for you, but you will never realize them if you're not connecting to God and his word, okay? So failure cannot be what rules the day. We all need humility, accountability, and the willingness to risk all for God's glory. That's our mandate, really, in this hour, okay? So, the purpose of significance is to become all that God intended that we might serve effectively and illustrate well what God intended for all those made in the image of God, okay? We serve then that all would be touched by God, and we reign that all might discover God's desire for an abundant life of freedom and creative fulfillment for all. It's not about us. It's what God wants to work and release through us and the relationship that we develop with God, right? 
This is why we've been chosen for such a time as this, okay? The plans for us are so grand that without the process of God, without the work of the Holy Spirit, we would be ill-equipped for what he intends to do. So what I like to think is that God has already given us the yes for the promise. It's inevitable, right? But there is a process that we go on with God to become equipped and prepared for that place that he's prepared for us, that promised land place that he's prepared, right? And embracing the process and its purpose is the opportunity that's given to us all, but not all of us do that. A lot of time, the pity parties happen and we talk ourselves out of the very thing that we are actually designed to be intentional about, okay? Think about it this way. There are certain things that you desire in your life, but you have to be intentional about them. You can't be careless. You can't be reckless. You can't be wavering. You have to be intentional, right? So if you look at it this way in a very practical sense, what ingredients are you putting into your life so that we can reverse engineer this together? Let's say that you want marriage, okay? You want to be married. You want this ultimate partnership that is far greater than you've imagined. You want, you know, a generational curse-breaking partnership, okay? It's something you desire. It's something that you feel like you deserve in your life, right? It's a desire of your heart. Now, here's the thing. What ingredients are you putting into your life for that to be true for you, for that relationship to manifest in your life? What ingredients are you putting into your life for that? Are you still, you know, going out and and partying and and meeting people in the in the wrong place that you don't ultimately want to be in, right? Are you studying about the covenant of marriage and what God's plan and purpose is for marriage? Are you dying to yourself daily, (laughs) right? Are you becoming the man or woman that's going to bring these godly qualities to relationship? Have you been developing your character? Like, are you prepared? Because it's easy, actually, to go get a marriage certificate. That's easy to do. Only takes a few days. (laughs) right? Like you can just go make that happen. But the marriage itself, like, are you preparing for that? Because if you don't prepare, right, you're not going to be able to sustain that. And you'll miss out on the blessings and the whole purpose of what God has intentioned for marriage. So what's God's intention for marriage, right? What ingredients, again, are you putting into your life? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Where are you going? Who are you hanging out with, right? All of that is not random. All of that is molding you. Okay, are you letting God mold you, the powder mold you, or are you letting culture mold you? Are you letting the news mold you? Are you letting people that you feel comfortable or accepted with but really aren't your tribe mold you and hold you back in that sense? Are you listening to the word of God? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you studying? How are you preparing? Or are you just expecting that suddenly when the time is right, it's just going to happen because you're deceived. That's actually not how it works at all. There is a co-creative process and a co-laboring. Labor. It's work. There's work involved in bringing the desires of your heart to pass. God has given you a yes and there's God's part, but there's also your part. Okay? So think about this too. Where are you planting yourself? 
Are you planting yourself in environments where you are being called higher, where you are seeing people that already have the result that you're after? Somebody that does, in this case, have a a track record of a happy, healthy model of a relationship that you're after, right? Are you seeing that? Are you being mentored by anyone, right? Where are you planting yourself? This is intentionality, right? In the soil that you plant yourself in absolutely matters. I don't know if you've been listening for long, but I recently uh, replaced a tree (laughs) in my front yard, right? And this whole process, like I was asking all these questions, like what was happening to this tree? Like, why is there another one near it that's totally chill and fine and this one is not? Like, is there something wrong with the soil here? Was it not getting enough water? Was it you know, diseased in some, like what is going on, right? These are all questions, but if you can anticipate them on the front end, (laughs) the better off you'll be, right? So the soil you plant yourself in absolutely matters. And believers that plant themselves in areas of three things will produce much fruit. You gotta intentionally do this. Plant yourself in the presence of God. Have a daily practice where you are getting into God's presence. And if you don't know how to do that, just start. Get out your word, start reading it, expect to hear from God, expect God to guide you in this process and you will develop a relationship and you will experience peace, right? I had this process and this practice that I was like, I am going to sit here until I really encounter peace. (laughs) Until I have a sense of peace overcome me, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be open to hear from God and to read his word and see what he reveals to me, right? Because I really believe that you can tell when somebody has spent time with God, right? They, they look different. They have multiple streams of peace flowing in their life. <laughs> They've got energy and joy. You're like, something about you is different, right? Like you just got this glow and this life, right? That comes from being connected to God and planted in him, right? So intentionally get in the presence of God, plant yourself in the presence of God, plant yourself in the word of God, right? That's where you can end suffering, the word of God, right? My people suffer for lack of knowledge of God's word and of his will. So don't let that be you. Get in the word of God in some way every day and make it practical for you. Ask God to guide you. Is there a certain book that he wants you to be reading, right? In the word. Is there a certain story that he, he really wants to highlight to you? Are, are there certain themes that he wants to teach you about, right? Maybe he wants you to, to build courage. You've been living in anxiety long enough, so start studying about courage and what that looks like, right? And then how you can embody that in your own life, but make it real, make it practical for you. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying it's hard. Those are excuses and that's a pity party. Get out of the pity and do something. Decide you want a different outcome and be intentional about creating it and watch God meet you. Watch him meet you because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So don't shoot yourself in the foot before you even get started. And then lastly, plant yourself in community. So believers plant themselves in these three areas, presence of God, word of God, and in community. And when you intentionally do that, you will produce much fruit. And there's really a freedom and a confidence that starts to show up when you give yourself these guardrails, when you give yourself these boundaries in life, okay? Independence on the flip side is often a life without grace. And nobody wants that. Trust me, right? There's things that you receive in community because that's where you're created to be. You are not 
created to be on an island by yourself, isolated and in your head. That is not where you're created to be. But when pride is in our life, we absolutely will meet resistance at every turn that leads to our pity parties. However, when we intentionally humble ourselves in community, grace enters our lives and we're able to move with greater ease and flow. Anybody want that? I absolutely know this to be true. So there was a time and a season early on for me where I was like, man, I don't know how to connect with God. I am done with the pity parties. I've hit my enough is enough point and I've got no clue what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, cool. (laughs) Given that that's, you know, my reality right now, I'm going to start doing things. I'm going to go buy a Bible. I'm going to start reading it consistently. I'm going to take notes and see what's being highlighted to me. I'm just going to expect that something will start being highlighted to me. I'm going to follow through with desires that were on my heart. At that time, I really wanted to serve at a local church that I've been going to. So I'm going to go to an event and see if I can get plugged in, right? I'm going to talk to the pastor that's over that that area that I'm really called to serve in, right? And then I'm going to interview for the position. I'm just going to take the steps, right? And sure enough, when I did follow through, I ended up training and serving in a ministry for years that I never saw myself in, but it was because I faithfully took those steps. And it was also because I humbled myself. I didn't see myself as above serving or more developed because I've been studying all this personal development my whole life. No. I was completely humbled like a child and was like, I need help just as much as the next person, right? And I'm going to be in this and we're going to get it together, right? We're, we're going to transform together. And grace started flowing, right? It was probably the most profound work that I've ever done, right? However, there was so much flow, so much peace, so much grace, so much ease and just showing up and being met every time. And I won't say that when I was on my own, it was like that. Yes, there was like opportunities and things, but there was a lot of resistance. There was a lot of force. There was a lot of hustle. There was a lot of grind. There was a lot of pushing and forcing, right? Different when you're walking with God, okay? So yes, community, right, will be messy. It'll be hard. It'll be painful. It'll be frustrating. Sometimes it can be confusing and sometimes it can be slow, but it flat out works, right? Being intentional with your life works. It works, okay? And community with imperfect people is God's design. When you get planted in community, not only does grace flow, but you start to see that you're not alone, that you're not as unique as you thought, that there's other people that are struggling, that there's other people that have gotten so many testimonies in their walk with God and they're tracking with God. And there's certain things that you can really only find in community. Yes, grace strength and wisdom, safety. You start hearing God's voice. Your gifts start getting activated. I know for me, I never prayed. I didn't even know how to pray. I'm like, is it something you just say in your head? Is like there a formula that you have to pray in order to unlock something? Do you have to say it out loud? Right? Like, do you have to put God's word in it? Do you just say what you're thinking? Like, how do you know if it's God? Like all that stuff came up. But when I started just getting in community and started praying for people, I was just given words to say, like, I didn't even know what was happening. Like prayer just started flowing out of me. It was insane (laughs) in the best way, right? 
encouragement, anointing, authority, so many things, impartation, all of that happens when you stop being an island, when you humble yourself and you recognize that wherever God is leading you, you're not going to get there on your own. Okay. And every area of your life really and truly should have the best people attached to it. We're never meant to do things on our own. So you can have the best people connected to your relationship and your community, right? You can have the best people connected to your team and to your business. You can have your best people connected to, you know, your your health goals, your fitness. You can have workout buddies, right? So (laughs) you can have many different parties in your life, but don't let a pity party be one of them because pity parties are only parties of one. And hearing God's voice with more clarity and confidence and consistency than ever before comes from recognizing that God desires that you have desires fulfilled. He desires to be in partnership with you, an active partnership with you that is very alive every day, right? And as part of his family, God really wants to equip you in greater measure and to see you rise above natural limitations and demonstrate his power and authority wherever your spheres of influence are. And really and truly, all leaders need to teach, train, activate, mentor, and mature the people that are in their world, specifically in the areas of their spiritual gifts, right? That's part of everyone's purpose is to be alive and active in that way. So what I want to encourage you to think about today is how you can build community in your own life, how you can get out of this habit of being a party of one or getting caught up in pity parties and how things just aren't working out for you and surround yourself with community so that you can stay humble, you can stay moldable, and you can progress and continue to progress and move from faith to faith and from glory to glory and allow your story to inspire people in the process. So my recommendation for this, I was being, well, there was a great question prompt the other day uh, in a class that I'm in and I found it really interesting and it was about if, if God were to just uproot you and plant you in a totally different state, in a different city, you feel confident that you would be able to build community there. And I said 100% yes, like God has selected the right person if that were to happen. But this is fascinating to me because I am somebody that, you know, feels like building community is intimidating. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. It's vulnerable. I just feel like so many things come up, all the feels come up and I just you know, don't exactly know what to do. But the the difference with me, what I'm realizing from that question prompt is that I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to feel all that stuff. I'm willing to be like, it's okay if I'm not good at it. Like, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to be led to the right places. I'm going to meet the right people. And I'm just going to be willing to show up and facilitate or initiate or whatever I got to do to have the rewards of community in my life, right? So what I recommend When it comes to building community, I just want to give you a couple of things to think about. Number one, be covered. So make sure as part of building community, you have a covering over you. Number two, be undercover. So don't just feel like you have to be a part of church groups or something. Like be a part of groups where you can really be kind of an undercover kingdom agent, right? And just shower people with God's love and encouragement and blessings. You don't even have to talk about God at all to do that. Just let your light shine in that group right? And sure enough, they'll probably wonder how you show up like that, right? 
And then the last one, so be covered, be undercover, and be creative. Don't let yourself believe that you just suck at creating community. Like decide that that's not your story and that you're going to be intentional about connecting or building community at least once or twice a month. It doesn't have to be this big crazy undertaking that's super difficult. It can just start by asking somebody out for coffee or finding something that you want to do and inviting other people to do it with you. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can absolutely do it. All right. So again, to stay humble and to stay moldable and progressive, you got to be intentional about getting into community and doing life with people. So be covered. Make sure that you're being mentored and accountable and you're not starting to develop pride in your life. Number two, be undercover right? Expose yourself to areas where you can mentor, right? And then number three, be creative about how you build community in your life because it's not going out of style. It's something that's absolutely needed. All right. So just a little recap here to stop having pity parties, recognize that God wants relationship with you. And he absolutely does want to fulfill the desires of your heart. And the whole point of your freedom is to serve and to love others the way he's designed. And that comes through allowing him to love you and holding up for you how you're designed and how you are on this, why you're on this earth, how you are designed to impact the world, right? Which will light you up. (laughs) And then get in community because that's where grace can really flow and you can see this all unfold. All right. Oh my goodness, if you want help with any or all of these things, make sure that you visit julianapage.com to get plugged into the God's Vibes Mastermind or also to invest in yourself and in your own growth through coaching, all right? So go check out julianapage.com. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, what are you doing? Make sure that you just hit that subscribe button. You can also copy the link and share it with a friend. And until next time, stay blessed. Stay blessed.